0: Hey kids, welcome, welcome, welcome to another, yet another installment of Grit with the Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, who's not on the show this week? Last week Harley wasn't on the show, the week before M wasn't on the show, the week before that Harley wasn't on the show, so who is it this week?
1: Spoiler, I'm here, aha, uh-huh, aha, uh-huh, I'm here, uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so suck it, okay? Because I've been hearing the scuttlebutt on the street, okay? I've seen the discussion posts on Threads and Blue Sky, okay? I read the dirt sheets. I saw what Seltzer said in the podcast Observer Newsletter, okay? And I know that people are thinking that something happened. There's some sort of falling out with me and M. It's collision all over again. People, uh, I saw somebody say that Lindsay showed up to Grid and headquarters last week to be on the show... And got kicked out of catering, was told to go home. I saw the reports, the rumors that uh, some some little shitty dirt sheet up in Maine said that Megan pulled an axe on somebody because they cut in front of her in line at the supermarket. Okay, I've seen all this stuff, and it's all false. Everything in Good and Glitterland is perfect. We're Kenuff. Everything is great over here. Okay. <laughs>
1: The, the dream house is fully intact. Everybody, it is okay. I know that you're all spreading your rumors about, you know, uh, what, what's our podcast ship name, harem, um, being being splitzos, but we are uh, we're back. We're we're together as a team. Uh, pl- pod platonic.
0: <laughs> the harem is back together.
1: <laughs> ha- ha- harem, actually, oh man, it's too bad people don't ship us that's a great ship name just saying we both have lovely spouses and but that's a great ship name come on
0: yeah a harem does not preclude having lovely spouses
1: i mean this is this is also accurate for harem um but yes we uh we have been kind of you've been branching off we've been you know exploring the waters of other of other of our co-hosts of our glitterati of of you know Who's out there and who's going to talk to us? And also, guys, it's summer, so our schedules are just fucking busy. So that's that's the... That's right. I, was, I was literally that's on vacation good. one
0: week. I was just up north and we had no Wi-Fi. Um, yeah,
1: I was on vacation one week.
0: Yeah, I was sick one week. You know, stuff happens.
1: Shit happens. And yet, here we are to talk about some cool shit that has been happening, um, especially the last couple of weeks with a couple of big shows, both of which we we sponsored
0: Yeah, that's right. Patreon.com slash great litter pod. You give us money. We give it to. A-
1: yeah, exactly. This is a gl- this episode will be a glorified advertisement for our Patreon, which you can support. And then we can keep putting this money into other promotions that you enjoy. So just like we have done with Enjoy joy wrestling, we sponsored two shows that happened recently, wrestlers lab, seven years of science and uncanny attractions where we got to sponsor the one, the only, show favorite, your favorite, listener annual favorite, is Surreal, in a title match against Lady Luck. I had forgotten when we sponsored Edith that she is the current and first ever Uncanny Attractions champion. So I forgot when we sponsored her that we were sponsoring the champ, which was extra, extra, extra great. So, yes.
0: Yeah, it felt you, good uh, after sponsoring Erica yeah. Lee for Wester's Lab, and she went and blew it. <laughs>
1: Hey, 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 hey. You really want to make an enemy of the big woman?
0: I'm just saying, we sponsor two separate shows. We sponsored Artsy and Fartsy, and one of them's champ, and the other one can't even do a moonsault.
1: I mean, she she was actively prevented from doing the moonsault, okay? Like, Eddie kind of interfered with that, so I'm just saying. Wasn't on her. She she said she was going to do it. She was set to do it. And then, boom, uh, uh, Eddie McQueen, Feels that feels that moment from her I've got a big
0: I you I what I said. Every couple I you that Cause I am in skeleton and my blood is clear. This is Glit and Glitter. This week we are going to chat a little bit about Wrestler's Lab, 7 Years of Science and Uncanny Attractions, drags and drop kicks, 3. Let's start with the first one because it happened first. Wrestler's Lab, 7th anniversary show, happened July 22nd at T2T Pittsburgh. I've heard of that place. We did a whole episode about oh, yeah. T2T last week.
1: That's right. We just happened to have recently done that. And I happened to be at this show. I didn't get to make it to the first wrestlers lab show at, at 880. Unfortunately, um, I was like sometime last year around the same time, but this year um, I, there was nothing keeping me from getting there, especially when the title match between El O'Neill and Erica Lee was announced. I absolutely had to be there, but that was my first time at 880 and for a wrestling show. And Gotta say, if you if you have listened at all to you know me and Don talk about it, if you listened to last week's episode where we talked about the general vibe there, um, you'll get that feeling when you watch the Wrestler's Lab show.
0: Yeah, Rosie the Ref was actually on the show, refing it up.
1: That's right. That's right. One and only cute ref. She was there.
0: Yeah, this show is now available to stream in its entirety on YouTube. So come on, no hesitation. What more do you need? It's right there. And a bunch of our favorites up and down the card, as you would expect with something like this. Opening match, we had the outfielders defeating the rep to capture the collaborative championship. Tate Team Champs, Mr. Uh, Weber Hatfield himself, and the very first guest ever on this podcast, Shane McCoy.
1: Yeah, you know, every time I see Shane McCoy on a a show that we have sponsored, it makes me extra happy just thinking, like, you know, before... Before other wrestlers gave us a chance, she was the first one to say, okay, I'll do your weird podcast, and for that, we'll forever be grateful.
0: Our first guest, for us, and her first podcast, for her.
1: Yeah, you know, we were both entered this life of babies, little, little crawling infants, and now one of us is a title holder, and spoiler alert, it's not me and Harley. As cool as our t-shirt with the design is, we actually do not... Hardly hold any belts.
0: Yeah, we have a little illustration of us holding the G and G take titles, but those aren't a uh, reality yet.
1: Those don't exist yet. One day, friends, one day. Yeah. So overall, like, how do you feel about how do you feel about this match? How do you feel about this show, Harley? Because I was there in person. I've already kind of talked about it on the show. I'm kind of curious how you felt about this one.
0: Yeah, the show overall was great. As I said, like, I, like people up and down the card that I love. Opening with. A Tate team that I love, winning the Tate titles is always great, and it was a real full-circle moment, I know, for the Collaborative Championship because it was supposed to be Weber and Shay versus the rep to crown the first Tate champions well over a year ago, but Weber was injured at the time, so the rep ended up beating Shea and Atheron Amata to win the titles, and now, like, a year and three months later, Weber's back with his cousin and they managed to win the titles that maybe they should have won back in the spring of last year.
1: Yeah, I mean it was a big moment. It was a really fun one to start off the to start off the show in general because Shay and Weber are so um, like over with the crowd. I mean, and it, it it always is nice to start a show off with a title change. I kind of love that because it just like it it's a really big thing to happen right off the bat. So yeah, we were like kind of sucked in right off the bat with this, uh, with this match. Um, also lots of really fun t- moments with this one. Lots of chances for shaders to, sh- to shine in this one. Um, and it kind of, it was a nice, like joyous beat before we get, you know, inevitably a, uh, a heel or I, I guess kind of a heel, uh, big, strong, surly-ish guy taking on abs who you can't help but root for.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't want to, I don't want to tribute, sorry, uh, go back to the first match for a second. I don't want to tribute or give all the credit to Chikara, but I feel like whenever I see the former Chikara people out, like, quote unquote, out in the wild now, the outfielders, Edith, people like that, I feel like these people have such strong personality in the ring in a way that a lot of other people don't like you see Weber and Shay in the ring and I don't know, they just have, they have like a charisma. Maybe that maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's just the the individuals themselves, but it feels like they project in a way that certain other wrestlers don't. And I want to assume that's the Chikara influence.
1: Yeah, I I do think it's probably somewhat. Um, I do feel like, there's just something that kind of sets a Chikara trained wrestler apart, and I I don't even really know what it is. Like there's there's some element to their wrestling, there's some element to their presentation, there's some I don't know. I, I hate to even call it a polish. But it's, there's just a quality there that I feel like is I don't know. I feel like you can spot a Chikara trained wrestler.
0: There's always a little there's always a little bit of like. A wink and a nod like a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek to things even when it's serious like you know it's a serious take match and like it's not a comedy match but they're still like weber and she are still projecting their personalities they're still having fun in there i think of the same with them um, we're gonna jump all over the place probably with this one because a lot of the people on both shows but in the main event of the uncanny attraction show with either Suriel versus laney Luck, you know they're doing the wave in the ring, the two of them. It's that kind of like it was always a there's like a little bit of humor to things, which is just my vibes and my personality. So like it really works to me with these. Yeah, people. you know
1: what there's a playfulness in a Chikara wrestler's training that like is it kind of in it like kind of bred into the way that they wrestle. There's always an element of playfulness. And I really appreciate that because while I can get down with some like hardcore wrestling, I can get down with some like straight up technical wrestling. I can get down with that like that really straightforward. there's gonna be a part of me that always is gonna gravitate to wrestling, that has that bit of weak, that has that bit of like presentation performative, like like w- laugh to it. And I do think that playful is the word to me because while it's good wrestling, it's quality wrestling, like no one can argue with that there is an element to it that, that is a little loose, that's a little more performative. I don't even want to call it comical. I want to call it like, there's just something that isn't, isn't totally deadpan grounded about wrestlers who, who have trained in some form or another, which are who trained with Shakara. And I appreciate that. I, it's something that makes me, it's something that, that I mourn about the loss of that. I mean, there were so many reasons that it went under, but like I do mourn, the idea that there's, you know, I, I want to know what training school is out there that is going to, to give us wrestlers who are going to have that same quality. I know that they're out there. I mean, there's, that, that quality doesn't exist solely to people who train at Chikara, But, you know, it's something that's kind of uniform amongst their trainees.
0: Yeah, the closest air the closest that we had afterwards was Camp Leapfrog, and now that's dead as well, which is yeah. a bummer.
1: I mean, and that was probably less. I mean, that was less of a training situation than it was like a promotion into itself. And you know, so my question is, what is the school out there that is going to bring us these wrestlers who have that playfulness in the like imbued in, in their style? And I wonder, like, I I do wonder if T2T is is going to be part of that, if especially the one out of Pittsburgh, based on what I've seen from some of the people who've come out of there. Um, I I'm I'm hoping that that's some something, but again, it's not. Really akin to their their trainer's styles. So I'm in Chikara, Just the product itself yielded that tone that it made sense for their trainees to kind of fall in line with that tone. I don't know what what school slash promotion is going to be doing the same thing.
0: Match on the wrestlers' lap card was legit. Perfect Perkins picking up a win over Abs, and then Zayhyam versus Alice Crowley. I think this might have been the first time I've seen Alice Crowley. I I knew I recognized the name, but I mean Cajeman said she's twenty, so she can't have been wrestling that long.
1: I've seen Alice Crowley on a couple of shows on streaming, but I haven't seen her live certainly. And so this was really exciting to get to see her to get to see her live.
0: And it's always interesting I don't know, on any given night I'm like is this crowd going to cheer or boozy? <laughs> I feel like I never, it, I never know.
1: I mean, I mean, especially because it was, it's so hard because locally she, it is hard to keep track of where, of what, of what she is working as far as face or heel. Right. And especially like at wrestler's lab, there's still so much connection to enjoy. There's still so much connection to other stuff that's going on. It's like, but in this mode, The minute she comes out in her like ripped from Barbie cowgirl realness uh, gear, you know, she's playing pure face because it becomes Barbie versus the brat and no one's rooting against Barbie, especially when um, this show was filmed on the weekend that Barbie opened. So and everyone know if you know Ziggy Haim, if you know, you know, she is a big, big, big dedicated Barbie fan. So this all worked up to what was inevitably a, a huge face moment for Ziggy.
0: Yeah. I mean, this could possibly be the plot of Barbie too, because this mark, match was basically Barbie versus Bratz.
1: Yes, that's true. Yeah. It was super, super fun to watch. It was great to get to see it on Barbie weekend. Um, I had been having like a, a, like a lost weekend when I went to see this show. So I had seen Barbie the night before with a bunch of people and it was like, still in my brain. I was having this like Barbie lost mom's weekend. And getting to see her in that moment in that gear and everything it's just fantastic. Alice did a great job playing the heel, playing the love bratty, like, you know, dark, cute heel. And yeah, this match was a lot of fun. Fairly quick. And uh, it was fun to see Alice Crowley in action in person. She is she is young, but she is super promising.
0: In the world of men's wrestling, we had Trevor Eon win the Fortune 14 Battle World or earn a future Wrestlers Lab Championship match. And we had MV Young and PB Smooth picking up a win over Andy Brown and Ryan Mooney. Remember Ryan? Ryan Mooney used to be teaming with Cheeseburger and <laughs> who was the what third? Was their
1: name? Oh God, who was their name? What was their name? Was it? It wasn't Eli, was it? Was it Eli?
0: Yeah, him? Eli Asam, um, the cute puppy in the puppy pile.
1: Yes. What were they? The Shinobi what were they called? Shadow Squad. E- Shadow Squad. Thank yes. you. Now he is a oh. rabbit
0: daddy instead.
1: Yeah, it was Digger Daddies versus Rabbit Daddies, so Daddies versus Daddies. All the Daddies are fighting.
0: Yeah, and uh, and the young picked up the win, so he's clearly the dad of Pittsburgh as well as the king of Pittsburgh.
1: Well, you know, MVP's had some bad luck recently, losing all his belts and everything, and hopefully he gets a maybe he you know gets a tag run here. And
0: then the enjoyed Championship on the line in Wrestlers Lab. That's always fun. When uh, champions show up in other promotions to defend their titles.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, this one. So going into the show, Don Halliwell and I um, made a guess that this would be match of the night, and no shade against Eel and Erica, their match is fantastic. Spoiler, it's great, but gotta give it to Edith and Travis. Uh, if you if you're not familiar with Travis Huckabee, Travis Huckabee has been on the scene for a long time. He is a he's a like a wrestlers wrestler. He is fantastic, and he's currently um, been working uh, like a heel for for a while now. And he's just he's a great foil for Edith in this match. Um, this brings out Edith's technical like like abilities. Um, he's a technical wrestler. She's a technical wrestler. Um, this one really allowed her to shine in that regard. Um, I I loved this match. I thought it was a really really good match. It was great to see Edith get get the win in a match that like you know tested her her one of her strongest elements, which we haven't really even seen and enjoy that much.
0: Yeah, he gets the tap-out win with uh, the grounded octopus, I think it was, over um, Huckabee's kind of Chikara royalty, right?
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of like a, a battle of generations, in a sense. Or eras, I guess. What's the difference? I don't know. And then, one of my faves, Mr. Grimm, taking on Ashton Star. We saw Ashton wrestle twice on these two shows, and I'm glad that uh, we had commentary and we had a chiron during the entrances, because this is my first time seeing Ashton with the short hair, and I would not have recognized him.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm used to the long, flowing, like, um, Butch vs. Gore hair.
1: The only, reason, the only reason I I recognize it because I saw Ashton's, like, post after kind of, kind of getting freshly shorn. And I actually think they might have been in a show that I watched, like, right after they got their hair cut. But, uh, yeah, very – it's crazy just what, like, the simple, like, chopping of the locks will do.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing it for a while. My hair is down past my shoulders now. It's the longest it's been in my life, and I'm clinging to it.
1: Oh, amen. I'm there with you, man. I – I haven't cut my hair since since last September. Like I've been getting trims and everything for the first time. i yeah, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. I've been growing my hair out, and it's a it's a weird but interesting journey. And I I'm dedicated to it.
0: Plus winter's coming. I need the protection.
1: Yeah, I just I mean it's more admittedly it's more fun to have colored hair when you have a lot more colored hair.
0: Yeah, next time if I'm ever up in Maine, I'll get Megan to. Dye me up again.
1: Oh my God, it's my dream, Megan. If you're listening, I know you're not listening to this. It's funny. I know you're not listening to this, even though you're a member of our crew. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you need to you need to make a trip to Pittsburgh and bring your stuff because I need I need to do my hair.
0: Then the main event at Wrestlers Lab. It was Eel O'Neill with Perfect Perkins in his corner defending Wrestlers Lab Championship against Erica Lee. Erica was undefeated in Wrestlers Lab going into this show. Alas, she is defeated now. Uh,
1: that's a shame. It was a good it was a good streak while well, it lasted.
0: Heel shenanigans, as you would expect from a goon. Heel
1: shenanigans.
0: Perkins puts Eel's foot on the ropes to break a break a pinfall, and then Perkins gets ejected, but then Eel gets the advantage off of the distraction of the the ejection and Erica taps out to the SDF.
1: You know, I really love he- heel eel. <laughs> I gotta say it. You really it. love heel O'Neal. Heel O'Neal is uh is I-, I really enjoy eel playing heel.
0: It's mm, this is another one of these situations where I I get it like people some pe- you know some people can wrestle singles you can wrestle take teams you can do what you choose. And yes, I quite enjoy Eel O'Neal, singles wrestler, but I can't help but every time be like, well, I wish Jordan was here. Kind of.
1: I mean, of course. Just, of course I
0: do. I wish Kings of the District were here.
1: I mean, Kings of the District remain like one of my absolute favorite favorite tag teams. So, of course, every time I see Eel or or, or Jordan for that matter, like singles, I, I think like, how great would it be if we also got to see Kings of the District at the same time, um, which is really hard to do. So I, I don't, wish them having to do two matches in one night but like yeah i mean it's a fair point but i just i really enjoy i enjoy heel o'neill i enjoy like the inversion of his character i think it's very easy to make heel is a very charismatic performer so it's very easy to make fa- to for him to play face so it's always really fun to see him kind of own his like more you know obnoxious his, you know his more obnoxious no- tone to perform that and also to have like to have a manager to have a ballet to help him with that is is a lot of fun
0: yeah we have come to we've discussed in the past on this show about how often on the indies it's rare that there's any handful of wrestlers who really commit to being like i want to be a strong heel on the indies like it, you'll get situations where they play a heel on this show and then they're babyface the next night in a different promotion, or, you know, they'll walk it back a bit on social media. But with the goons, with Eel, with Killian McMurphy, as we've seen in the past, they, they're, they are thrilled to really commit with Darius Carter. Same thing, you know, like we're committing to this and we don't want you, we're, you know, we're going to make you boo us. Even if you love us, we're going to find a way, find a reason that you're not going to cheer us tonight.
1: Yeah, and, and because it, it can be really hard it can be really hard to walk that line. Um, You know, there's so much about wrestling now and the social media emphasis on it that, you know, forces wrestlers to, to kind of compromise a heel personality in the effort of getting following. But like, so I, I really especially appreciate wrestlers who are like, they trust their ability to get over as a heel, um, regardless of if they're pandering on social media with like, you know, breaking kayfabe. I, I mean, I get it. Like kayfabe is dead to some degree because of it, but I, I think it, speaks to the power of, like, good heel work when you can do that in a way that engages your audience and it's not just cheap heat online. Killian's really good at that. Darius is really good at that. Um, And and Eel is just such a good performer that when you see him do it live, when you see him in heel mode live, you still, like, you're engaged even if you're booing him. And that's that's, that's great. Like, that's what you want.
0: Yeah, I I imagine it's got to be tough because the question is... How can I be an entertaining character and performer where you want to watch the match, but not be so entertaining that you're like you want to root for me and cheer for me? And that's wrestling is unique in that respect. You can write a scripted TV show on Disney Plus, on Netflix, whatever, and you can make the villain charismatic and interesting, and we can be like excited to watch what this asshole does next. But we're not in the room risking like applauding whatever kingpin while he's beating up daredevil you know so we're not influencing things in that way in real time whereas with wrestling we are we're encouraged to and wrestling is so unique in that because again like we're not going to a play you know we're not going to see peter pan and like cheering captain hook in the middle of the play
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it's the thing about wrestling is like you still like be, to get an audience to to get engaged with the storyline, to like stick with you. You still have to win them over to some degree, even if winning them over means getting them to boo you even harder.
0: So, eel, heel, eel with the steel remains wrestlers' lab champion, and uh, after the match, Trevor Eon, who won the Fortune 14. Battle Royal comes out, he lays out Eel, and it's clear that that is the next destination point for Wrestler's Lab. It is Eel versus Trevor Eon inside the laboratory.
1: That's right. Yeah, so um, not sure exactly, probably early 2024 sometime will be the next Wrestler's Lab show, looking like. So, um, in the meantime, any. The thing you want to, if you are still, like, really interested as a viewer, if you've watched Wrestlers Lab and you're interested in, in the specific vibes of T2T and uh, 880 New Kensington, um, they do run shows um, streaming every week, typically on Thursdays, inclu- and, and also additional shows sometimes on Fridays, Saturdays, et cetera. So follow them, find them on, follow, follow MV Young on Twitter, and you will absolutely be able to get clued in to what they've got going over there. As far as Wrestlers Lab, proper shows We'll probably not see something until early 2024
0: the other big show that we sponsored and watched this week was live this saturday from the past saturday from the highland lounge in austin texas it was uncanny attractions drags and drop kicks three everybody knows that the third one often not as good as the first two um just <laughs> in general but this one uh i would say Book, book that rule. I'd say it held up.
1: I feel like Uncanny Attractions. Every time I watch their shows, they're getting a little bit more and more confident with with everything, including just like the the pacing of the shows, the arrangement. Because Uncanny Attractions is doing something very singular here. They are incorporating drag performances into the like wrestling shows. So like you you have matches, you also have drag. You also have matches where there might be drag performers who interfere. You have matches where there are, you know, wrestlers of many different identities, genders, sexualities, et cetera. um, And everything works fluidly really well. But every time I watch their shows, I feel like they've just been getting better and better. The presentation's been getting smoother. Commentary has been, was was really stellar on this. Um, There's a couple of notes that I have that are just like like kind of minor tweaks but otherwise, I felt like of the Uncanny Attraction shows that I've watched um, in the recent, this one is probably the most confident one I've seen yet.
0: Yeah, as, um, as you're saying with the briskness and the pacing of things, almost every match on the show had a 10-minute time limit. Which I love. And honestly, so at first you hear you hear the Fallen matches, 10-minute time limit, and in my head I think, like, oh, that's so short. But none of these matches felt short in the moment. At no point in any of them was I, like, and I don't, that, maybe that sound that could sound like an insult. I don't mean like an insult. Um, none, none of these matches felt shortchanged. All of them, I felt like, when I didn't time any of them. I didn't I didn't care to. But all of them, when they finished, I was like, that was a full match. I, I didn't feel like, oh, that should have got, like, another 15 minutes. I was like, no, that was, that had a start, it had a finish, it had wrestlers wrestling. I'm quite happy with that performance.
1: Yeah. I, I had no issues with any of the time limits on this one. I remember um, when they announced the time, the 10-minute time limit for the uh, Space Tiger Jr. versus uh, MV Young match. I was like, "Oh, wow, that feels a little short for an MV Young match at Uncanny, just because of his attachment and connection with the promotion." And then it didn't feel like a 10-minute match. It felt—I mean, they did everything they needed to do in this match. They—they they left the ring. They went all over. They went upstairs. They—they they were everywhere. There was interference. And it all happened within like a nugget size of 10 minutes. I, I I, just feel like you. it's okay to have shorter matches when you have the type of wrestlers who can deliver what you need in, within that time frame. There's been this like idea that the longer the match, the better the match, the more epic the match. And that's not necessarily untrue, but it can be true. But it also doesn't always serve every environment. In a show card, in a card like this one, especially given that you had a bunch of matches and you had drag performances in addition to that, it behooved everyone to kind of keep things concise, but also deliver. And they did both.
0: And like you said, target audiences, right? How many people in the crowd are not, you know, wouldn't call themselves wrestling fans? They're there because of Friends with the Drake performers, or they're there to support the Drake performances like that, or you know, maybe they're even just like, maybe they're old friends or cousins of one of the wrestlers, and they've never been to a wrestling show before. And you put on two nameless dudes with no gimmicks who go out there and wrestle for thirty-six minutes. They might be bored. They might be, you know, sitting on their phone the whole time. But ten minutes is kind of like a uh, an easy access point for new people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like that, especially in shows like this where you're going to have you're going to have people who are in the audience for performers who are not wrestlers. Um, I like that in, in wrestling. Like, I just went to the Enjoy sh- show at a community festival um, in a nearby neighborhood in Pittsburgh. And I, I really appreciated that the, the matches, for the most part, were were fairly like efficiently timed because I think they understood, like, we we don't have to deliver like there's going to be a lot of people here where it's not going to really fit to have a 25-minute like barn burner of a singles match. It's going to be much more impactful for people to get a variety of matches that are all done within like a limited time frame so that they get exposed to a lot of different wrestlers that we feature in our roster, that they get exposed to a lot of different things that our wrestlers can do and the matches can be. And I think that that is the same mentality with Uncanny Attractions here. We're seeing things like more playful styles and comic styles of wrestling. We're seeing more comedy. We're seeing, you know, funny setups into matches. We're also seeing some like more straightforward things and we're seeing some like you know brute violence aspects in there as well. So they're they're playing to the crowd that they have in a really smart way.
0: Opening contest was Erica Lee taking on Eddie McQueen and Devin Carter in a three-year match. Erica promised that she would hit a moonsault and uh, she didn't because she was thwarted. She went up top Devin Carter Knocked her off the top, well, not off the top rope, but, you know, knocked her off her feet on the top rope, hung her up. And then uh, Eddie took the opportunity to roll up Devin and get the win there.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, kudos to Devin Carter in this match, because Erica got to work, like, major face energy, plucky face energy. Eddie got to be kind of tweener here. Devin was working to shrill heel, and I love a squeeby heel. I really do. So good job, Devin.
0: Second match on the card, Sakai Living taking on the WOAD, the Weapon of Ass Destruction. I haven't seen her in a couple of years. She was a regular of Rise Wrestling, that promotion out of Chicago that I was a big fan of back in uh, pre-pandemic times, and I haven't seen her since. Um, but she's looking good. Like this was one of my favorite matches of the night because. Of how confident they were with each other, and how like you know, she has her thing down. You know, she's a weapon of mass destruction. She like most of her offense is ass based, and it's often played for comedy, but not always. Sometimes it's you know played as like brute force, like when um, Sakai's uh, hanging you know um, in what I don't know six one nine position over the over the ropes, you know, draped over the middle rope with his arms in his neck, and she, like, hits a full rear view to the back of the head. Like, the commentary is talking about, you know, that's that freaking hurts. Like, those are steel cables wrapped in tape, and he just had his whole throat knocked over it. You get stuff like that, but then you also get moments like, we get a rough bump, and he hits her in the ass with a steel chair, and she no-sells it. And then he hits her again, and she, like, you know, essentially hulks up and, like, oh, it doesn't affect me. And I love that balance. And, again, I think of this as, like, oh, this would be, like, a perfect match to, like, you know, if you you brought a friend to the show and they're, like, wrestling, I don't know. And you're, like, oh, I'm give it a shot. They're watching this match. They're having a blast. And they, like, get it immediately, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think it, it was just really smartly played. Like, I I, I think that the performers understood. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm struggling to. To put it better than you have but or to put it in a different frame that you have but i just i i think it's smart when a wrestler knows how to work their angle and their specific gimmick um in a variety of ways but kind of keep to the central idea of it and it's a lot of fun to watch and zakai was a really good foil for for woad in this way so like I have like really no notes on this. i have to finish. I even enjoyed the finish shenanigans. Like, I just really enjoyed. I would watch this match again, simply for the moment where Zekai comes at the road with a chair to the, to the backside, completely forgetting, like, you can't destroy this ass. This ass will destroy you.
0: Then we got Envy Young versus Space Tiger Jr. As you said, we got a trios take match. Culture Shock taking on Dos Camachos and Tina Nix.
1: Yes. Um. Well, quick note on this one. Um. I have never seen Tina Nix before. I didn't know who Tina Nix was. And the commentary especially did a really fantastic job of selling Tina Nix as a genuine threat in this match. So good job commentary and good job Tina Nix and just good job all around because I, I went into this match knowing nothing about a wrestler and like Immediately was sort of like okay this is someone to take note of in this match so really really nice really nice effective work from our commentary team.
0: Yeah, it sounds like she's an, a relative newcomer out of the Texas area that she's done some she's wrestled on at least one Mission Pro show, but you know like local Texas up and comer, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think they did her they did her some justice here they did her they did her a service here and I I really appreciated it as a person who had never seen her before because. I didn't know her work, and I didn't know her as and I. She wasn't getting a trainee or a new person, a new wrestler like Bill. They were they were promoting her as if she was like a known threat. I'm I'm looking at this like plucky, fairly young looking woman, and I'm like, is she like just a young faced veteran or what? So really good job. I felt um yeah I don't know I felt sold on her, and also this this trio's match was just a lot of fun. A lot of good, a lot of good. Uh, one kind of confusing thing of, like, I didn't know really who was the heel and face team. I'm guessing they were, they were kind of both over with the crowd in different ways. It was just different, both kind of face, but working very different style of gimmicks, so that was just a little, like, uneven as far as the match goes, but otherwise it was just a lot of fun. The contrast of personalities was enough.
0: Then, Ashton Starr, once again, taking on Billy Dixon. Billy's been away for a while. He is back in pro wrestling. This one went to a time limit draw in 10 minutes, which was a crying shame. The commentary kept mentioning that in previous singles matches, Billy was 2-0 over Ashton. Ashton really wanted to get his first win over Billy. He was close multiple times, but the clock ran out. And then post-match, they shake hands, you know, these two go back, Like they've been wrestling each other and been teaming with each other for years now, in different promotions. And yet, Billy, Kyle Dixon himself, with a low blow and a leg drop post-match, the crowd is uh, not happy. I saw it surreal tweet, she wasn't happy either. And all I could think was, come on, didn't you guys read his press release? Billy literally put a press release out on August 11th, like over a week before the show, announcing that he was turning heel. So, like, Ashton, you have yourself to blame.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, come on. Billy he, Billy put out an actual press release. You know, it's all over social media, say, announcing that he was turning heel, that this time it's all about him, not about other people, that uh, cosplay wrestlers and anime dweebs are ruining wrestling, um, which... You know, shots fired at everybody. Like most of wrestlers. (laughs) Most of wrestlers. Yeah. So uh, this is it. This is the new heel, Billy Dixon. You know, we're on we're on the path. Do we? Oh my God. Can you envision a a 2024 where Billy and Darius Carter are like shaking hands and teaming together?
1: Oh boy. Well, I mean, we've talked, we've long talked about. At these
0: Stone Cold Vince shaking hands, which happened.
1: I mean, we, we've long talked about the simmering tension between Billy Dixon and Darius Carter. We've yes. long talked about the, yes. the, 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 like, the love that dare not speak its name.
0: Yes. you, they, I think they both uh, were uh, quite enthralled by you talking about them scruffing each other and the sexual tension within.
1: <laughs> I mean, just saying, like, it's, it's all palpable. For, guys, you're not fooling anyone. Like, you know, this this story only has one ending. Well, it has a couple different endings, but only has one direction if you tell them they've, they've got my drift friends. And that is, um, one day you're going to wake up and realize the person that you needed was in front of you this whole time.
0: But also, the... if you
1: can pick a common enemy, the enemy of my enemy is my friend.
0: Hmm. Who would that be? Eric and Evie. Uh,
1: you know? Oh, joy, We are booking for you. Hmm right now
0: speaking of for the un-championship in her first defense edie beat billy dixon to become the first champion at the previous Uncanny attraction show and now she was defending against the party unicorn laney luck i like laney i've seen her lots of places like she's somebody she's like an alex gracia where she's like all over the place wrestling everywhere and she's fun you know she she likes to party she wears a unicorn horn on her head sometimes and can't go wrong with that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that is that is the weirdest, most underwhelming way to, to introduce someone to Lady like L- Lady is a big, big um is a fairly big presence on the um independent women's scene, especially especially when we talk women wrestling in Texas. So you're gonna see her on those Texas shows. You're gonna see her in MPW. You're gonna see her, but but also she has a reputation outside of that too. Like she has been. She, she travels the circuit when she... I always take note when she's on a card. So I was excited to see her in this title match.
0: Yeah, and I don't think these two have ever shared a ring before because wrestling is still, in a lot of ways, indie wrestling in a lot of ways, is still regional. Just, you know, people's travel schedules. Like it's, it's For a small promotion that doesn't have a big fortune at their back, it's cheaper to book people who can drive an hour or two to the show versus flying somebody in and trying to find a room and board for them and all that sort of thing. So you still get regional things where people that you see up in the Pennsylvania area, maybe you don't see in Texas all that often and vice versa. And I feel like someone like Lainey, someone like Anne, Alex Gracia, we don't see up in the Northeast that often.
1: No, You really don't. I would like to, I would like to see Lainey. I would like to see Lainey out here. I also think that the the further regional, it I, I can put someone kind of in a pigeonhole if you are mainly working out of one specific region, just like in the territory days, like you can be kind of only known by like one particular area and that can limit you to some degree, especially when we talk about streaming platforms. If you're in some, okay, basically put, if you're a woman who is working wrestling in Texas, you are probably mostly on Title Match Network streaming and Title Match Network, compared to IWTV, compared to, to Fight Plus, compared to any number of subscription services at this point, is a little bit lower on the totem pole. It, it's, you know, it's significantly lower on the totem pole. So, like, you are not getting as many eyes on your appearances as, say, somebody who is on a show that's, you know, a promotion that's consistently streaming on a bigger platform. But, there's plenty of shows that you're on that are maybe on YouTube or on other, like, free streaming services. So, like, there doesn't have to be a limit there. All this said, it, it does behoove a wrestler to travel outside their region as much as possible to, and to work promotions that are carried on different streaming platforms as much as possible so that they can potentially increase their fan base by however many fold.
0: Well, Edie retained the title with a tap-out win over Laney Luck and uh, Edie Surreal. Speaking of like little... Not a press release but speaking of announcements she's got a handful of shows coming up in september um capping with the next enjoy wrestling show on october 7th and then after that her appearances are going to be few and far between she says she will be a defending champion of the unchampionship and the enjoy championship uh throughout the fall and the winter at least but other than that she's gonna be taking a lot of time off from wrestling because she got a new house a new day job and she's getting married
1: yeah. Sorry, friends. She's taken.
0: Yeah, she's and not a couple
1: broken hearts.
0: <laughs> she's not joining the harem.
1: Yeah, sorry. She we 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 pledged our love and devotion, but she was already her heart was already swayed by another. We're really brokenhearted about it around here. But I you know a couple of you uh had your hearts set on one day becoming uh mister or Mrs. or mix or uh the the spouse surreal the Um, And uh, unfortunately, your uh, dreams have been crushed. Sorry about that.
0: Now, as I said, she's wrestling a bit in September up till about October 7th, which is interesting because even by October 7th, we've still got three, four months left in the year. And as we know, wrestling historically is a what have you done for me lately business. So right away, I can't help but wonder how this decision is gonna affect her standing in the twenty twenty three glitter bombs.
1: Ooh. Very she, interesting.
0: She is the current reigning defending glitter bomb champ, favorite wrestler, two years in a row, following a two-year reign of EO Sky. So uh, yeah, I don't know. With it's gonna be she's made she's had a good resume so far this year. For sure. She's in contention. But She disappears October 7th, voting opens beginning of December. That's a good two months that nobody's been seeing Edie wrestle. Time for other people to start building up their resume, time for Masha Slamovich to win some more championships. You don't know what's going to happen there. This could be, uh, yeah, yeah, this could be the beginning of the end of Edie's surreal, glitter bomb, all-star.
1: Oh, it's worth to think about.
0: I hope it's worth it. I hope they're worth it, Edie. Throwing it all the way for marriage.
1: I'm, I'm going to guess it's absolutely worth it. Like 100% worth it.
0: Yeah, I guess, probably. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I
1: guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, one quick thing before we kind of wrap on untra- Kenny attractions. I just feel like it behooves me to say this um, as someone watching at home, and I don't know how the people feel about this. So it, if you watch Kenny Attractions and you have a feeling about this, if you're part of Kenny Attractions, you're listening to this, and you you wanna explain or talk or, or have a counterpoint, please feel free to email us, message us on Twitter, message us on Instagram. Let me know how you're feeling. One thing, commentary was great. Commentary was really solid. This whole it was fun having any on commentary for a while. Like commentary is great. One thing I'll say, we don't really need commentary on the drag performances. Um it wasn't really necessary. I don't know how you felt, Harley, but I felt like it was kind of this super distracting, and I I kept kind of wanting just to get like lost in the performance because the camera work actually was really following the performers as well as they could, and especially during the Mulan Alexander um, performance, I really just wanted to get kind of like immersed in it, and the commentary kind of constantly trying to find something to say about what they were watching. It just it wasn't necessary, so I would just consider maybe in the next iteration like don't don't worry about it like let the commentary take a break we really don't need you don't need it for those particular performances I don't know if you felt differently Harley but that was like my one thing where I was kind of like I don't want to mute this because I want to hear the music but I don't need the running talking agreement I wanted to watch the performance and so experience it as much as possible
0: that is our show folks thanks for coming see you next week no wait um we are grit and glitter you can find us on twitter instagram or patreon at grit glitter pod if you support us on patreon you have two options you can give us a dollar a month it's nothing one it's not. dollar find a couple dollar. of quarters in the couch you guys have quarters in america i can't remember
1: yeah we have quarters
0: okay but you don't have loonies we you got, like, you got like $1 cost. bills still, right?
1: God, I wish we had Lindy's. We wild. do have $1 bills. A $1 I bill. I know. $1 bill. I got three of them in my wallet right now. It's like crazy. And
0: they're all the same color, right? Like the ones and the fives and the tens, they're all like the same. They're all green.
1: Yeah. You know what? It really sucks. Okay? Like I go, i would any <laughs> other country. So I'm I'm in any other country, and and your currency is so beautiful. It's like colorful, and it's got different things on it, and and some of it's kind of shimmery, and like you get coins that are like dollar values. And us, it's like, okay, well, like here's your green money, and here's your old coins, and have fun. The coolest thing we have is the Sacagawea dollar. That's a pretty, and it's just, it's just a gold coin. Like it's nice, but it's like, it's not like, and it has a cool design on it. Like Sacagawea was awesome, but like. Yeah, we don't get, like, cool, like, pink money.
0: All right, so if you wanted to support us and help further this podcast and help us sponsor other pro wrestling events and wrestlers that we love and fund Edith a Honeymoon, you can give us one green bill and then you get a weekly newsletter all about uh, what's happening in the world of Grid and glitter and heartfelt elegies written by the Glitterati. Or you can give us a different green bill. And you get the Grit and Glitter Archive. Two full seasons. First two seasons of Grit and Glitter are available in their entirety. Interviews with people like Shay McCoy and Effie and Kel Rose, the gear maker, and lots of other people that I'm blanking on right now. You get that. You get bonus episodes, like Women's Wrestling Entertainment, the VIP podcast M&I do, where we're watching every women's match in WWE history. And we're up to 1993. All that for just five bucks a month.
1: It, it, it's a great deal. You're helping us. You're helping them. You're helping promotions you love, like enjoy, like wrestlers lab, like Uncanny attractions. Like we've been sponsoring things out on the West coast. We've sponsored things. Basically when I see a cool opportunity to like help out one of the promotions or wrestlers that we enjoy and also to possibly get our name out there, I jump at it as much as possible. And you all, our Patreon supporters make that happen. So if you want the great content that we have on our Patreon, subscribe and help us help others. It's it's a win, 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 win. And how many things in life can you say that of? Very few.
0: So thank you. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you for following us. I promise M and I will be here forever.
1: Yeah. Until one of us dies.
0: Yeah. And that's not going to happen for at least another couple of years, according to the fortune teller that I saw last week.
1: I mean, you know, it's, it's touch and go for me. Every week is a, is a different struggle, but for the most part, I think I'm, uh, I, I think I'm here to stay.